Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. And welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to part two of this episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I'm your host, Tony Defio. If you were watching on YouTube and Facebook or Facebook, I thank you for sticking with me. If you downloaded part two, you guys are awesome. Thank you for doing that. And I uh, just have some, a few more things I wanted to not a few more things, a few more, a couple more things I wanted to talk about. Uh, you know, at my age, the age of 49, you, you tend to ramble and forget things. No, no, that's not, that's just an excuse. Anyway, uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about is where I think the Steelers are going to finish next year. And before I get into that, I want to get in, into the, the idea that the NFL, which I, I guess would be Goodell and, the other owners, the, the high-ranking executives, whoever, the, the administrators, hate the Steelers. They hate them. Every year, you, you always hear, every time there's a, a schedule release, there's always complaints about the buy, about, you know, you know why they open up on the road again, and why, why do they always have to play the Ravens on a short week, that kind of thing. The NFL is out to get the Steelers. But that's just not true. Obviously, it's just not true. The NFL loves the Steelers, and, and the reason why I, I, I know this is because, they once again, they have five primetime games, which is the maximum, and that means they're a coveted property. They're, they're, they're coveted by, the, by NBC. They're coveted by, by ESPN. Um, whoever's doing the streaming, the Thursday night, was it Amazon this year? I, I don't they're, they're, you know. They, they want them. They're, they're a valuable property. So... They wouldn't be doing that if, if they didn't think highly of the Steelers. They know that they're that they're they have a national and a world following, as evidenced by Matty Peverall and, and Mark Davison, 
that those are just two examples of the, you know, they're from Australia and, you know, they're big fans and they have a, they have a, a podcast where they talk about the Steelers every week. So they have an international following and they know this. So um, believe it or not, they probably want that. I don't care. I don't think the NFL cares who wins the Super Bowl. And I think they want the, the, the attractive teams to make, to make a run and, and, and to go far and to have success. I don't think they care at all whether the Steelers ever win another Super Bowl. But I guarantee you they probably want them to be successful every year and, 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 and make a run at the Super Bowl every year because if they do that, that means it's going to be, it's going to be great for their ratings. Cause if you look at any year, you go, you go back and look at the previous year's uh, top 20, uh, the, the 20 highest rated games in the NFL from the previous year, 2020, 2019, 18, 17, just go back and take, just Google it. The Steelers are going to be in, in, in on that list three or four or five times. They just are. Um, Remember, like, well, I don't know, I want to bring this up, but the 2017 with all the uh, everything that happened was going on on the sidelines and ratings were dropping and fans were threatening to never watch again, burning stuff. And and that the Steelers stood in the tunnel and and people were done. Well, they hope they, you know, a few weeks later, they played in Kansas City and it was it was uh, it was a four a four twenty five game or something like that. It was a four o'clock game. And it was it was CBS's highest rated game and quite it just in forever. It was it was it was a, it wasn't like the, a record breaking uh, game in terms of rating. But it was the highest rated game they, they had in quite some time. I forget the exact. I wrote an article about it and, and took a world of crap for it, but uh, it was fun taking that world of crap. I enjoyed it. I love writing that article. I still I still have fond memories of it. But anyway, it just goes to show you how valuable the Steelers are. So. The NFL, the actual NFL does not hate the Steelers. You know, these things with these schedules, you know, I, I don't know. And there's always going to be somebody complaining about it. It's like, it's like the NCAA tournament selection, the men's basketball every year. There's always somebody that's going to complain about their seed or, or somebody that got left out that felt like they should have, should have made it. That's just how it is with, with this schedule. You have 32 teams and there's, and they're not the only game in town in their respective cities. You have other sports leagues you have other events you know sometimes you can it, it, it's easy to get double booked at a, at a venue so although there aren't really many multi-stadium or multi-sport stadiums anymore but i, I just think it's, it's just a coincidence now if you're talking about the media the national media especially do they hate the steelers well i mean judging by the way some of them are always it's like, like, was it Jason Lock and Ford the other day? Uh, he ranked all the quarterbacks in tiers. And I think Ben was, well, he was in tier number six, which I assume is the lowest possible tier. I didn't really delve that far into the story, but it just, it's just, it makes me laugh because it's like any, any kind of ranking that, that has, that includes quarterbacks, Ben's always, and I don't even say disrespected in the eyes of the fans. I think it's pretty obvious. He spent his entire career being underrated, undervalued as a quarterback. It's not fan perception. It's the truth. It's it's not me saying this because I'm a homer. This is a, a real thing. But anyway, um, he was he had Ben ranked like with Andy Dalton, and, and which just seems ridiculous, honestly. So, are there are there uh, national types that, that that like to see the Steelers fall? And maybe, but you also have to understand. That when a, when a team like the Steelers, you know, they're the Yankees, they're the Red Sox, they're the Lakers, 
They're the Cowboys. Uh, they're Notre Dame. They're Duke basketball. I mean, I've, I've, I've used these examples many times. You know, first as yes, they're all these are all popular franchises and programs. If you're talking about college sports, but they're also lots of, lots of people out there that want to see these teams fall. They're sick of them being on top. They're sick of the, you know, they they perceive these their fan bases and maybe rightfully so in a lot of cases being entitled and 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 irrational and over the top and blah blah blah. So yeah, there are people that probably want to see these teams. Uh, Come down a notch or two. That's just that's just that's just how it is, you know. Uh, Sidney Crosby, who's you know obviously one of the most popular athletes in Pittsburgh sports history. You go on to any NHL uh, comment section, like on Facebook, it's he's like their he's like the NHL's Tom Brady. Everybody outside of Pittsburgh hates his guts. They call him a whiner and this and that and the other, because that's just how it is. So the Steelers are, are kind of like that team. Uh, they're very popular, but they're also maybe not as unpopular as they are popular, if that makes any sense. But there are, there are a lot of uh, fans that, that don't that really don't like them. There are a lot of national types that probably don't like them. They're, they're, they're human after all. But, you know, having said that, when it comes to guys like Lock and Ford or any, any, any uh, uh, sports reporter out there, national type, I mean, you kind of have to see it from their perspective too. I mean, you look at, they see a, a player like like Ben, who's 39, coming off a major elbow surgery. Um, whether it was just perception or reality, uh, based on injury or based on uh, just physical limitations, based on his age, he kind of um, declined a bit last year. Whether that was due to him, his own limitations, or, or limitations with the offense or the offensive line, whatever. In their eyes, he's a 39-year-old quarterback who who declined last year. You can look at his overall stats. 33 and 10 and whatever yards he had. I don't remember. I should, I should know this, but I don't remember it. Um, but in their eyes, he's 39. Uh, you got Philip Rivers just retired. Drew Brees just retired. Eli retired before last year, you know, uh, and then you had these, these young stud quarterbacks coming into the league, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield still considered to have an enormous potential in the eyes of many Joe Burrow, uh, might not be a great example right now, but Deshaun, Jack, uh, Deshaun Watson. So, you know, there, there's all these young hotshot quarterbacks and, and three of them are in the Steelers division and you got Ben. And when you look at history, how many quarterbacks are still playing at that kind of level at his age, right? When, if you go back and look at any quarterbacks throughout history, there aren't many Tom Brady's the exception, Peyton Manning, you know, and, and maybe, you know, Ben still, and Drew Brees was still doing it uh, at a fairly high rate, but it, but it, it, it's not. It's, it's it's unusual to see a quarterback uh, p- playing at, at 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 that at that age. And usually, when they do, they're not as good as as they were when they were younger. It's just the natural order of life. So you have to see it from their perspective. And and you know, are, are they are they being haters or are they um, just trying to be objective about it? I think there's a there's a lot that are being objective and there are probably a lot that like to see a steal again, like to see a Steelers fail. It's just natural human behavior. You know, if I was a national reporter, which would be, you know, I, that'd be a dream come true. And I was covering the NFL. I, I can't say that I'd be like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I love the Ravens. I, I really want to see the Ravens do well this year. You know, I'd probably have a hard time <laughs> um, being objective about the Ravens or, or the, or the Patriots or, or whatever, you know? So, you have to remember they're all you know, most 
uh, media members or they were probably fans of some team at some at some point. So, and how do I think they're going to do next year? I will tell you how I think and what I think of, of the Steelers and and this, and this is like when I'm, when I'm talking about the, the the national you know reporters and how like and even a lot of the fans are it's like ah eh, this I don't see this team doing anything I don't. I don't see it winning more than six or seven games. Honestly, I don't know how you can really say that. Now, if you want to say that the Steelers are one of those two dozen teams that may finish anywhere between seven and 10 and 10 and seven, that kind of thing, then I, I, I'll give you that. Cause I think that's the kind of roster that they have, you know, and I, I love this quote. I, I use it just about every chance I get. I, I didn't hear it directly from Sam Weiss, but I heard, Somebody quote Sam Weish, who's obviously passed away not recently. And, um, but after his coaching career, he did a lot of uh, uh, network uh, work, uh, analyzing games uh, for whoever, whatever networks he, he was on. And, um, and he said, um, when you watched film, when he watched film of every single team before, before any particular season, you could pick out the, the, the handful that were going to win 12, 13, 14 games. You could just, you could just tell just based on talent and, you know, whatever. And coaching and everything like that, everything you know, that you knew this was going to be an elite team, and you could tell the handful of teams that were going to be the opposite of that on the other side of the, of the spectrum. They were going to be three, four, five win teams. They just they just did not have good rosters. But he said the other two dozen teams were just literally over the course of of, of a year, a few plays away, good or bad, positive or negative plays away from being anywhere from six and ten back when they had sixteen games to ten and six. And I think that's where the Steelers are with their roster. They're, they're one of those kind of teams. They were one of those kind of teams last year, I thought. I think I said that last year. They were that kind of team. They had that kind of roster, overall roster, where uh, they could finish anywhere between 6 and 10, 10 and 6, maybe 11 and 5. Turns out they were 12 and 4, and they started out 11 and 0. I don't think anybody thought that was a realistic. Nobody, I don't think anybody ever, ever, ever thinks 11 and 0 is realistic heading into a year. Well, there are some fans that, that think that, but most people don't think that. So I think if you look at their roster objectively, you know, they they do have question marks. There's no question. There's no doubt about it. There, there's questions with the line. There's questions in the secondary. They have a new coordinator. They have a 39 year old quarterback. They have they have they're going to be depending on a lot of uh, uh, new players. You know, Chase Claypool, Kevin Dotson, uh, Alex Highsmith. Obviously, they're, they're going to be depending on. Uh, a few rookies coming through, uh, namely Najee Harris and uh, Friar Muth being a major contributor, a second round pick, Kendrick Green. They, they, they're probably hoping he can be the starter at center from day one. But, you know, they still have the kind of roster where they could be one of those teams that finishes anywhere between seven and 10 and 10 and seven, 11 and six. They have that kind of roster. I think any objective person will look at the Steelers roster and say that. So when people say, well, I just don't, I don't, I don't see them winning any more than seven games. I, I don't know. I mean, if, if everything goes right for them this year, not everything, but if most things go right and, and if they're, if they're, if they remain relatively injury free, which is always important in the NFL, then they're probably, they have a good chance of making the playoffs, maybe even winning the division, you know, cause if, if you're up, if you're closer to 10 and 11 and you are to seven or eight, and as, as competitive as the AFC North is, 
you, you're going to be in the mix for the division title. I'm not saying on paper they're as good as, as, as the Ravens and the Browns because they're not. On paper, they're probably not as good as either one of those teams. They're just not. But doesn't mean they're not good enough to to be competitive and be in the mix toward the end. So uh, to automatically say that uh, they're, they're going to win six or seven games, you don't know that because the NFL is a parody league for a reason. And, and it's going to come down like it, like it has for them with the exception of last year, because of they got off to such a great start. If you go back all the way, gosh, to geez, to 2010, if you're, if you're looking at like just the difference between, between winning a division or getting a number two seed or being a wild card or making the playoffs or not making the playoffs. It's like, it seems like every year comes down to a few plays. I mean, you look at, at three years ago, 2018, the infamous collapse at the end of the year, the, the, the Broncos lost, the Chargers lost, the Raiders lost, the, the loss to the Saints, all those games, two or three plays over the course of those four, like total over the course of those four games, two or three plays go a different way. And they're in a, they're the vision champs, Maybe even you know number three seed. Who knows? Uh, and and who knows what happens after that? Because they had they, obviously they still had uh, AB and that year and 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 Big Ben led the league in passing. So you know they had a chance. They might have done some damage that year. So it's been that way for them every year, dating back forever. It's just a few plays seem to be the difference for them, good or bad, and how their season turns out. So I think it's going to be the same way this year. Even with the even with the question marks, uh, if you look at the league, every every team pretty much, even the elite teams, they have some kind of uh, flaw. I mean, there are no perfect teams. Even the Chiefs, everybody thought they were that team because they won Super Bowl uh, the year before, and last year they made it again. But as it turns out, their line was so bad that that Patrick Mahomes uh, ran around for like four football fields worth of yards during that game. He was he was being chased the entire time. And the team that won the Super Bowl last year, the Buccaneers, the team that blew out the Chiefs, at one point they were 7-5 and five and, uh, in danger of missing the playoffs. So every team's flawed. Every team has issues. You know, the Steelers aren't alone in that regard. You know, so why the pessimism? Why the absolutes when it comes to, to what their record ultimately will be? I, I don't know because I, I don't see that kind of a roster. Maybe I'm just – maybe I'm just I, – maybe I, I have no perspective because I'm in Pittsburgh – and I'm such a huge Steeler fan, but just just but uh, if you just look at that roster, it's hard to imagine them being one of the worst teams in the league or, or, or being a six-win team. Even I just I just don't see it. I, you know, I, I see what would they say like like nine and a half, eight and a half, whatever whatever the over and under is supposed to be for them this year, and I think that's about right because you know if a few plays go right for them, if if they stay injury-free, if they find answers to a some of your questions. If uh, Matt Canada is the offensive breath of fresh air people have been looking for forever, if Ben uh, is even healthier than he was last year, he's, he's going to be having a normal offseason this year as opposed to what he had to go through last year to get ready. Who knows? You know, maybe maybe they're an 11-win team or even better. We just don't know. And on that note, I will – turn it over to you guys and take some comments and questions and, and see what we got to round out the show. And here's one from awesome stuff. And what a name to have to live up to. I'll take your word for it. Awesome stuff. I know 1983 was a pretty awesome year. And he says, the NFL doesn't hate the Steelers. News writers love building up perennial down teams like the Browns. That's exactly right. 
And you have to you have to um, also take into account how popular they were based on on what's the name of that show? Hard Knocks, the HBO show. I have a friend of mine who, like three four years ago, that that um, the night that they lost to the Steelers lost to the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. I'm, it still it shows up in my memories, like or or her memories, I guess once once a year, her singing "Here We Go Steelers" like hours before that game in some bar somewhere with some friend of hers. And now all of a sudden she's a Browns fan, a, a dedicated Browns fan, always talking trash on the Steelers. And the reason for that is because of hard knocks. So you're right. The, NF, the, the NFL wants new teams to come up and it's just, it makes for a great story. Imagine that. I mean, you know, take your, put your objective cap back on and imagine how nationally, how neat that would be to see the Browns of all teams win the Super Bowl. The Browns winning the Super Bowl. I mean, you can't even fathom that, right? Even though, despite their 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 talent, their their obvious talent uh, that they've that they've acquired over the last few years, the Browns winning the Super Bowl that would be so weird. It'd be like the Pirates winning the World Series, as far as uh, national perception. Up until a couple of years ago, let's see. Here's one from Brian Brown, and he says, I can't see the Steelers losing at all. Never have until it happened. Never will. Here we go, Steelers. Well, that's a very dedicated fan, and I know a lot of those kind of fans. They just won't even and – that, and that's why there's all kind of – there's there's the total optimist, the total pessimist, and then a bunch of people in between who are, are who have varying degrees of optimism and pessimism, and that's just that's – just, that's, just, that's, that's fans. So yeah, see, look, Steelers Pittsburgh. Just the thought of it makes 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 them cry. It makes them post the uh, the crying emoji, the laughing crying emoji. They just can't believe it. the Browns winning the Super Bowl. Can you believe that? That's crazy. So uh, Sean Manhattan says the clowns ain't winning the Super Bowl. See, they can't even they can't. Nobody can even even fathom it. That's just, that's that's. But but for an, as far as the national story is concerned, that would be huge. That would be a huge freaking deal for the Browns to to win the Super Bowl. Imagine if they beat the Lions in the Super Bowl. Imagine that story. I mean, the ratings probably wouldn't be that great. No offense to those two teams. I mean, they'd be great, but not great compared to other Super Bowls. At least I don't think they would be, but you never know. And here's one from Kenneth Beamer, and he asks or says, I think he says, three explanation points, Marks, and he says, Claypool and James Washington more involved this year, please. Well, I mean, you just never know with Matt Canada's uh, new system. I'm, you definitely have to have Claypool involved. I mean, he's, he's too much of a weapon. I mean, I think we saw that last year. He's a mismatch. He's a matchup problem. He's a beast. He's a stud. He looks like he's heading – he looks like he's he's another DK Metcalf type, right? I, I think he can, he can be very, something very special. And James Washington, I think his, his issue has always been um, – just the number a numbers game. I mean, you have Juju, you have Deontay Johnson now, and Claypool, Eric E. Brown figured heavily in, in, into the passing game last year. He's just one of those odd man out kind of kind of uh, players, unfortunately for him. But hey, sometimes you just have to have to break through uh, the glass ceiling on your own. So James Washington, the, the talent's pretty obvious. It's just a matter of of um, of uh, just reaching your your potential if you're him. Here's one from Stephen Carestis. As much as I don't want to see the Browns do well, I want them to do well enough this year where they have to play Baker 40 plus or pay Baker 40 plus million a year. 
that he doesn't deserve so I can laugh about that. Well, I guess he would only um, prove that he doesn't deserve it if he goes on and has a uh, Joe Flacco kind of uh, career after that. You remember Flacco, he uh, had the playoff run of his life just at the right time back in 2012. What was it? 11 touchdowns, zero interceptions, whatever that was. Uh, leading the Ravens to the Super Bowl uh, and, and beating the 49ers. And he was a free agent after that. And they paid him, they had to pay him buku bucks. But, you know, if he wins the Super Bowl and then goes on and and um, continues to have success, then, then he will have deserved that contract. But the thing about it is, uh, as, as Pittsburgh fans have, have been uh, dealing with for the last eight, nine years, whatever it's been, when you have a quarterback taking up that much of your uh, cap space, it makes it tough to to uh, build a roster around him, build a team around him, and remain competitive. Or not, not necessarily competitive, but but elite competitive, like Pittsburgh was in the uh, the two thousands. But that's another you know example of the NFL being a parity league. I mean, that's the NFL is all about you know if you the, the higher you go, the the easier it is for you to to, to come back down. The, the lower you are the easier they try to make it for you to, to sort of come back up. They, somebody once joked, they want everybody eventually to be eight and eight, but I don't think that'll ever happen, but you never know. Some of these years, it, it seems like it, that's uh, that's a possibility. That's in Niner for life. Yeah, we have a Niners fan in here and he says uh, Niners all day. I don't know. I went to high school with a, a guy who's a big Niners fan. He, he's literally a, a half a mile away. He's got a big 49ers banner. Hang up in his uh on his porch. I wonder if he's. I wonder if that's him. Let's see here. What else we have? <laughs> Here's awesome stuff. And he says, or yeah, he says, I hope Baker plays poorly enough that the Browns have to start over at quarterback. Two different opinions. Like a roundtable discussion. What else we have here? As far as questions and comments. And this one from Ryan O'Toole, and he says, the 2020 offensive line made everyone look bad. Well, I think that was a big part of it. I think that was a big part of it. You know, I think Pouncey was on decline. I think he had been for a couple of years. There are varying opinions about Al Villanueva and, and his uh, play over the last few years, but I think it's safe to say he kind of declined a little bit. He regressed. Uh, since his the, the height of his career, which is probably like 2017, 2018. Uh, the cash was not right at all last year. Um, and then, you know, your starting right tackle, the one, the guy who won the competition on the training camp, Zach Banner, he was gone by uh, the end of, of week one with a torn ACL. So, and I like Shooks, but he, he lost the competition. So, you know, their, their, their line and Matt, Matt Filer struggled mightily at left guard. So, yeah, the, the line was it was a big issue last year. It was a big deal. And and there are so many things being thrown around. That, you know, was it Ben calling his own plays? Was it Randy Fichter being too predictable? Was Ben just too afraid to get hit? Was he injured? Were his knees bad? Everything's been said. So, I don't know. They definitely have to solve that problem this year. They have to figure the line out. You know, it's one of the issues they have to solve. One of the question marks they have to answer in a, in a positive way, if they're going to be closer to those 10 or 11 wins that I said, and, and not closer to seven or eight or six or whatever, uh, it winds up being, but yeah, they, they, they definitely have to figure out that line. 
And here's one from Game Theory who says Deontay is the number one receiver. I know there's somebody in here right now. I can't remember who 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 it is, but they'll they will emphatically disagree with you. They they think Ray Ray McLeod should start over Deontay Johnson. But I agree. I think I don't know if he's the number one receiver, but I think he's definitely the the one that's going to get get targeted the most. I think they you know he the 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 passing game at least under the old regime with Randy Fickner and 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 uh, and that whole uh, scheme, it flowed through. Johnson, that might change now. It might change with uh, Matt Canada. We, we don't know. He's a, he's a, he's his own man. And, and, and if you're, if you're the Steelers, you're going to want your coordinator to, to have the, the scheme that he wants to have. If you want to have success. I mean, obviously he has to tailor it to his personnel. I think any coordinator, any good coach would, would uh, agree with that. You have to, you can't be stubborn and, and try to fit a uh, square peg into a round hole or however that saying goes. But, you know, it's going to be interesting because you have Ben. He's an old dog. Is he going to, going to how many, how many new tricks is he, is he going to want to learn for 2021? You have Canada who runs a, the kind of offense, at least he has in the past. That's, that's directly opposite of the kind of quarterback that Ben is as far as you know, the, the motion, the RPO. And uh, so it's going to be an interesting uh, development. Um <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, Jeff Hartman uh, posted something today, uh, a, a tweet from Mark Caboli, who, who covers the uh, Steelers for the Athletic, I believe. And he said he couldn't get into particulars because they're, they're not allowed to do that. But the, the uh, rookies are at rookie camp, and, and he said based on his initial um, – what he's seen from, from Matt Canada's offense so far, and you can't really glean a whole lot of, from that based on rookie minicamp – but he said it, it has. A, it looks like it, it might be uh, pretty unique and different in 2021. So we'll see. You know, um, we'll see how we'll see how it goes. I was kind of making fun of people for a couple of years about Matt Canada, but um, being the secret coordinator, or was it just a year? I guess it was just a year. But uh, hey, I, I'm all on board now. He's the coordinator, and I want to see him and them do well because I I, I want to see the team do well as, as always. So. And here's one, another one from Ryan O'Toole, and he says, at least with 17 games now, we know they will never be 8-8 eight and eight again. That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, it'll, it'll take 9-8 now for, for Tomlin to keep his, uh, his, uh, his streak alive of no losing seasons. And Brian Brown says, Ben wants a ring. I believe he'll do whatever it takes. There you go. I hope so. I mean, he, I, mean I think he's, he's – um, more dedicated to, to, to that and, and, and people uh, will ever admit or will, people who his detractors will ever admit because I mean, here's a guy who, like I said earlier in the show, he never gets the, the, the love when it comes to any kind of quarterback ranking. He always seems to be lower than, than maybe he should be. Uh, he, he's always considered a, 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 a uh, you know, playground quarterback, which, you know, has its endearing qualities. He's all obviously, made a fantastic career out of himself or for himself um, uh, with plays that, that, that break down and, and, and he has to improvise, <laughs> excuse me, but you know, Ben's never going to be an MVP. It's obviously, it's never going to happen for him. I, you know, I think at this stage, even no matter how great he is, people are never going to vote for him to be MVP. Um, 
he's never going to hold any any record, any passing record like the uh, uh, a, um, an all time league wide passing record when when all is, when he's retires. So the only thing that he can really, other than his overall great career, the only uh, thing that he 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 can um, that, that nobody can ever take away from him is winning titles. So if he can go out with a with a third ring. Uh, I think he'll 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 do whatever it takes to to, to make that happen. I think he's dedicated to doing. You know, the, the, all these guys have big egos. I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not uh, that naive. I know he's got an ego, and I know he can be difficult to deal with. I think that's that's pretty. Um, it's not out of line. I'm not speaking out of school when I say that. Uh, he's been here long enough. Certainly, I think we all know him a little bit just from uh the kind of i mean at least his, his playing persona and his teammate persona we know that he's not necessarily um you know the easiest guy to maybe always get along with but i think he's always been dedicated to, to, to he's always cared about winning more than anything else so um what better way to to basically shut everybody up and 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 you know do the whole who's laughing now o line but for himself than going out with a with a, a third Super Bowl ring, so there's a, there's a lot to be excited about with uh, twenty the 2021 Steelers. So I can't wait to to see how the rest of the summer unfolds, and then we get in the training camp and preseason. There's gonna be preseason this year. I'm excited about that, and then of course the regular season. So, but we have a lot to talk about between now and then. A lot more podcasts, a lot more. Um, <clears throat> things to cover on behind the still curtain the website so please as always check all those shows out check out the website daily and um i think on that note i am going to call it a night it's 9 52 where i am and uh i need to get some shut eye and when i say that i want to watch the show shut eye on hulu so i will bid you all adieu and thank you for the participation thank you for the great questions and comments and thank you for joining me and until i talk to you again have a great weekend and go Steelers. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. 
Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.